the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, do we have a lot to say today? It's Monday, August 30th, 2021, episode 315 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Television's Kenny Florian is still in Las Vegas filming BattleBots. I understand people are getting in the building. Seemed like some of my UFC colleagues were uh, were sneaking in the building or had access. How about this, huh? <laughs> You're giving away free tickets to BattleBots, Ken Flo. Is that, is that what's going That's on? That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we, got, we got fans in the building. Uh, it was great. Um, it, it was it, it, you know how it is, man. You know, watching fights with fans and without fans are just two different animals. Yeah. Uh, so last season, obviously, we did not have any fans in the building. And um, this season we did. Uh, so it was re- it was really cool. The energy is just totally different. And it's been a great season so far. I know I oftentimes talk about the anxiety in broadcasting being in the preparation and not the performance. So yeah. how did the robot study go? I know you had some uh, anxiety about all the robots that were in front of you to prepare for. How did it go? It's still going. I got, right. I got a study. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, you know how it is, man. You know, uh, it's eight hour film days, just, just a filming alone. It's eight hours every day. Um, and then prior to that, it's uh, researching uh, and talking to uh, about 60, 60 robot builders. So memorizing their weapons and what they do and the names and the captains and the drivers. And it's, <laughs> it's intense. Better you than me. Better you than me. <laughs> so, um, all right. A lot to get to today. Of course. How do you think, uh, Giga Chikadze feels about this whole Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley stuff? I mean, come <laughs> on, man. So let's start with Giga Chikadze and Edson Barboza, if that's okay, right? Uh, The sporting event of consequence over the weekend, of course. Uh, And then, time permitting, we'll get to some of the boxing stuff. Um, But but we got to give D-Rod some love, at least, before we get to uh, the Showtime Boxing pay-per-view. Giga Chikadze, a lot of these sharps were on him to beat Edson Barboza as a slight favorite. That's what he did by TKO in round three. And... uh, I don't know if you say a star is born. I think anybody who sort of ingested his UFC body of work understood what type of contender we had on our hands. Uh, what'd you make of Giga Chikadze and his first UFC main event? It was a really fun fight. You know, I think for anyone who is looking to study how a Southpaw should approach a fast uh, striker uh, and a Orthodox striker like Barbosa should watch that fight. I thought that Giga, um, was throwing the right weapons at the right times. And he just always finds a way to, to land those toes in the liver um, and just disrupt your rhythm and hurt you and slow you down. Uh, and he knows how to mix it up. So I thought it was an awesome fight. I thought it was an awesome performance. He almost got the finish by submission there at the end. Uh, didn't matter. Uh, ended up getting the TKO. And um, I think this is a fighter that continues to get better and is someone to watch. I also thought... It was a great matchup for him um, in that Edson Barbosa is only really a threat on the feet, right? He, he's not necessarily known for his grappling prowess, doesn't necessarily make him an easy fight, yep. but it allowed um, Giga, who comes from that striking background, to just focus on what he does best. And 
Um, it was uh, an awesome performance because of that. I know Gaethje and others have put away Edson Barboza, but uh, not every day you see somebody just sort of dispose of him like that. And uh, right. Giga deserves all the credit in the world. A lot on the broadcast was made of Barboza not having the speed advantage that he enjoyed at 55. Uh, what do you make of Barboza here at 45? Because I don't know if this was a crossroads fight. Uh, I was kind of surprised how discounted he seemed to be by the masses that I trust going in. And obviously sharper minds than me. It's not that I picked Edson to win this fight, but it didn't seem like anybody that I talked to was, was picking him to win. What do you think about Barboza? Um, the lack of a perceived speed advantage in his future here at 45 after this uh, pretty significant loss, I would think. You know, in regards to the lack of speed advantage, I think that he still was the faster guy here against Giga. I mean, that's the way I saw it, but I, I don't know. Yeah, they kept talking about that. I'm not sure I agreed with that. Did he have the same kind of speed advantage that he had at 55? No. Um, but I think he still had a speed advantage nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, I just thought Giga was a little bit more technical. I think the issue with me is that maybe if we went back in time, maybe five years or so to an Edson Barbosa who was pretty much in its prime, it would be a different fight, perhaps. I think that Edson Barbosa now has a lot of miles. Um, I think he's had a lot of tough fights. He has, you know, changed several camps. He's been around the block, perhaps doesn't have the same kind of hunger. And, and again, I don't know. I, I'm clearly speculating here, but he's been fighting for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is kind of probably what influenced people in picking a fresher right, right. Giga Chikadze. Yeah, no, I think you put that well. So in terms of the future for Chikadze and who you would like to see him fight, I would like to see him fight the greatest UFC featherweight of all time, Max Holloway. I, I understand that uh, this division has been held up for a little bit, obviously, and COVID-19 has not helped matters. We do have a title fight on the books here coming up in about 27 days. So uh, God willing, that holds together. Um, I'd like to see Chikadze fight Max Holloway, who is coming off as documented behind me, the greatest singular performance in UFC history in my mind. Uh, what do you think about the future for, uh, for Giga Chikadze? Okay. I, I have to admit that definitely gets me very giddy thinking about that fight. I think it would be a fantastic fight, but the question is, does, my role? yeah, does he deserve that fight? Well, no, right? I mean, that's I the what number one contender and the uncrowned champion, okay. according to a lot of people right now. So, I guess the short answer is coming in number nine or 10 in the world, whatever he was going in here is no. Um, right. But I just would like to see the fight, but uh, it'd be, I'm sure yeah, it'd be a sick fight. It'd be a sick fight. I think, listen, if Giga gets another good win over a top 10 guy. Yeah. I mean, he's knocking on that door for, for a Max Holloway fight, which would be insane. Uh, there's no question about it. So Max was to fight Yair Rodriguez. And obviously that fight got canceled, right? So I don't know to what extent Max Holloway Max Holloway prioritizes the championship right now because he just took a non-title fight, you know? So maybe yeah. he would have the appetite for this fight, perhaps not. I think he chimed in actually on it on social media over the weekend. But Chikadze has obviously positioned himself for a big, big fight, and uh, we congratulate him on a big win. Um, so Kevin Lee obviously had been out for a long time. He returned at welterweight against Daniel Rodriguez. 
wins by unanimous decision. Uh, you know, he's given up size in this weight class. You know, I'm not the first to say that publicly. Um, but D-Rod has kept a great schedule, uh, is developing at a, at a great clip, and I think has been uh, has been match made well by the UFC. What'd you make of D-Rod over Kevin Lee? I assume you agreed that he won that fight. I do. I, yeah. I think that D-Rod is a nasty dude. I think when it gets dirty and when it's a question of heart, He's going to answer the bell. He's going to take that step forward. I'm not sure, and maybe this isn't fair, but I'm not sure Kevin Lee is that guy necessarily. I think he's a guy that needs to beat you with skill. He needs to be slicker. He needs to be smoother. Uh, he needs to also use his physical prowess against you. He doesn't have those things at 170 pounds. I think he needs to either get more skillful, he either needs to get uh, bigger, or needs to lose weight and go back to 55 and be, no, yeah. be more disciplined about his weight. He's he's in between. But, again, he was in that fight where it, it started to be a question of heart, of whose heart was bigger. And I think D-Rod uh, D really um, answered, uh, you know, answered that question. He was the guy. He yeah. was the dude who was willing to go to that dark, dark place for a longer period of time. He was landing more on the feet. He had hurt Kevin Lee a few times during that fight. And I don't know. I, I sometimes I question Kevin's commitment to mixed martial arts. You know, I, he says one thing, but perhaps he's doing another. And I don't know. Either he needs to get serious about his commitment to the sport um, because I don't know. I haven't seen a huge change in Kevin Lee's game. Like it's been the same Kevin Lee for several years. And to me, that's a concern. Um, yeah. And it's not me you know, trying to hate on anybody. No, of I, course. I, I just think that there's no reason why we should see a mixed martial artist who's been in the game for several years uh, of being stagnant. There, there should be improvement. And I'm just not seeing that with Kevin. No, I think that's all fair. Cody Merrow chiming in best 162 pound MMA fighter in the world. And perhaps nobody is quite in between the weight classes quite like he is, but still, I think he can make 56. I mean, if Kenny Florian can make 45, right? October, <laughs> 2011, 10 years dying. ago. <laughs> Kevin Lee can make 155 pounds, and uh, yeah. that would be the weight class in which I think he could be champion. But the story's D-Rod moving on up at welterweight and uh, just got to feel good for him. You know, guy's been through a lot and realizing a whole lot of UFC success. And, uh, you know, you win like this, presumably new contracts come and uh, good on D-Rod. Los Angeles has a uh, legitimate welterweight contender there. Uh, Gerald Merchard, I know you want to talk about Ricky Tercios and uh, winning the ultimate fighter. Congratulations to uh, to Brian Battle as well. But GM fucking three, bro. Okay. Like look it up. UFC record book. He's one of the most prolific finishers in UFC middleweight history and training partners rave about him, not just as a human being, but how good he is in the gym. And obviously, you know, he knows his way around a submission and, uh, you know, Mahmoud Muradov, the money teams, Mahmoud Muradov is all the rage was a minus four fifty favorite or whatever he was. And, uh, good on Anthony Showtime Pettis putting two K on his buddy GM three to return nine K. <laughs> Uh, what'd you think of GM three, uh, pulling another rabbit out of the hat, so to speak. I feel like that discredits him though. When I say that, you know, well, I, listen, I'm going to feel like an asshole here. Cause I didn't watch the damn fight, but, uh, the fact that he was able well, to adversity pull is impressive, man. Well, and, and for Muradov, you know, this is, uh, the type of challenge that I think you need to sort of get past as you're trying to sort of prove yourself as a, a budding contender. But 
for GM3, man, he's an interesting case study, right? Because the Hamzat Chimaev result had yes. been so hard to get over. And now I think he's got a couple of uh, wins. Abdul Razak Al Hassan in 17 seconds over Alessio de Chirico. God, these guys in these highlights, right? I couldn't help but think, you know, Joaquin Buckley highlights Impa Kasanganai historically, right? Then Joaquin Buckley's on the wrong side of an Alessio de Chirico highlight. And then right. this dude gets uh, concussed in 17 seconds by Abdul Razak Al Hassan, who might just be the scariest middleweight on the roster right now. So. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like nature. You know, we, we like to think that, you know, nature is this beautiful place. It's also a fucking brutal place where, you know, uh, you know, the, the more dangerous, bigger animal will eat there the other repeatedly. And you're in the if you're in the wrong conditions, you will get eaten. It's just it's crazy. You know, the the, the level of the UFC fighter that's out there right now um, it, it is, is so much higher than it was. And you got to be on your fucking game every single night yeah. or you become the food, you become the meal. This is not your grandfather's octagon. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it really is amazing. And one time I think the, the best exercise we could do to prove that to our listeners would be for me to read like the top 30 at 135 pounds. Right. Yeah. I'll sit here. I'll be like 30 <laughs> Brian Kelleher. Right. And maybe he's higher than that. Right. Right. Twenty nine. Ricky fucking Simone. You know, you go to featherweight. I mean, yeah, dude, 40 deep, man. 40 deep. Um, all right. Ricky Tercios, man, over Brady Heaston by split decision. Uh, he's your ultimate fighter winner at Bantamweight. What do you have for us on that? So Ricky, uh, Ricky Tercios is. Yes. Uh, a yeah, Ricky Tercios is a guy who I, I didn't watch the show. You know, I didn't watch the ultimate fighter. Uh, I knew nothing about him. Why would a season one cast member support the show? You know, no, I know. Bro. No, no, no I, I, it's tough. Don't pay him nothing. I get, right. I get home. I get home. I'm exhausted after work. You know, I'm actually catching the replay and that fight happens to come on. And I, you know, I, I look at his interview. I was like, okay, this is an interesting guy. I'll see what this is all about. Both of these guys just tried to kill each other from the opening bell. It was nonstop action. And Ricky Tercios had an answer every single time. And it was, it was a battle dude. And he was, I've never seen a kid at that level. So active and so successful off of his back. Um, and, and Cody's saying, you know, right now I'm seeing a message, you know, shades of Griffin Bonner. Absolutely. Except significantly more technical. Okay. And, and I love Stefan and I love force, but it was like, it was way more technical in a lot of ways. It, it got sloppy at times. Sure. But on the ground, man, there were some awesome exchanges. These guys were going for it and, and the speed and pace at which they fought. There was no way you thought they were going to be able to keep up that pace after round one. And they never slowed down. They might've even sped it up at certain points. John, I was so impressed by both of those dudes. Hard for days. Tercios for me was, uh, you know, the more skillful guy, the more well-rounded guy. Um, and both, both guys need to improve their striking and sit down on their punches and get a little more technical. But dude, I, I'm oh, telling I you that kid Tercios might be something. The other kid might be something too, but yeah. Tercios, I think he's going to be something. And just being able to historically go back and watch that as your sort of entry point into the UFC. Uh, pretty cool yeah. for uh, both guys. Did you, See Forrest Griffin. Uh, the rumor has it you were at the UFC Performance Institute in Las what? Vegas signing autographs. Is that what was going on? Wearing your PFL shirt. This fucking yes. Yeah, so 
<laughs> I was at the UFC PI. I got a chance actually to uh, to train with uh, Brandon Moreno and his team, which was pretty that? cool. They were they were getting some workouts in, and um, shout out to Hector Vasquez who who sent me the invite. Uh, Brandon's jiu jitsu coach and has a school out here. He's a black belt uh, under Cobrinha, one of the best to ever do it, and um, nice guy. And um, yeah, got some great training in with those guys. So it, it was fun. I got to, I got to feel old and young at the same time. It was great. I believe if you have fought in the UFC or you're on the roster currently, you can go to the UFC PI at any time. I think there might be some workout restrictions during fight weeks, but like, yeah. what is Kenny Florian? three-time UFC title challenger do when he shows up to the UFC PI. You got to like show an identification card or what happened? I, so exactly. I showed up. Uh, they let me in. Thankfully I, 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 I had, you know, to show approve that I was vaccinated and I had a recent COVID test within like the last 24 hours. I'm getting tested every day here. So it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, got a chance to walk in and, and, and work out with the guys uh, a couple of days. So it was awesome, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. I, I love it. I miss it so much. You don't realize how much you miss it. Yeah, um, but yeah. again, I wish I had that facility when I was, when I was fighting in the U S imagine, awesome. imagine nutrition and everything else. The, the most insane resource. Imagine I would have won two out of three world championships. Is at least one of three, at least one of three for sure. Kempfo walks up to the desk at the PI. Can you guys put the Kenny Florian, Sean Shirk fight on the television? From the gym? <laughs> oh, I love it though. Cause I'm at, I'm at that age where people don't like, some people know who I am, but some people don't. They're like, did he used to fight? He's got a little cauliflower. I'm not sure. You know? So it's, it's yeah. Fun. The ear fun. for sure. But you don't look that old. I mean, I don't know if you dye your beard. You don't strike me as no. the ear dying type, you know? No, I'm going to embrace the gray. I like the gray. So did you yeah. see Forrest Griffin? Did you guys connect? Of course. Of All course. Right. I saw Forrest. He's, he's right. doing great. Speaking of not aging, he looks phenomenal too. He's just a workout it's machine. Great. You know, we all yeah. uh, aspire to work out like that, man. Um, All right, well, speaking of Forrest Griffin, for a lot of professional athletes, fighters, podcast hosts, one of the biggest challenges is to build and monetize your own brand. For a lot of athletes, public figures of any kind, just daunting to think about setting up an e-commerce store, even a website with all sorts of logistics just doesn't make sense. I have none of those skills, by the way. That's where Millions comes in, though. This is truly a next-level company and e-commerce platform, and I believe in the concept of people behind it to such an extent that I signed up myself So did Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell, by the way, and countless others in the MMA space. Whether you're an amateur athlete, professional, public figure, perhaps you have a podcast like this, Millions.co allows you to, among other things, build a merchandise line with design help if you need it. You can start selling merchandise online right away. I had One More Sleep t-shirts up within 48 hours of final design approval. You can also get paid to do simple shout-outs or Ask Me Anything videos, even run your own live watch party at Millions as well. It's all completely free to sign up. Perhaps I should have mentioned that sooner, Kenfo. Free to sign up. My profile is live right now at millions.co. And if you are a mixed martial arts fan, I know most of you who are listening and watching uh, certainly are, I would kindly encourage you to go check out Millions. Use the AMA shout-out feature or just pick up some merchandise. Code ANIK, A-N-I-K, for your first purchase. And if your favorite fighter is not on Millions yet, I mean, Bryce Mitchell should be your favorite fighter, Thug Nasty. But if, if somehow Thug Nasty is not your favorite fighter, and your favorite fighter is not on Millions, tag him on Instagram and let him know that's millions.co. And we shout out the entire team at Millions for sponsoring this week's episode of the Anik and Florian podcast. All right, let us get to Ray Longo. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo, the 
John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Hey, yeah. oh, God. I, I don't know. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? I can't even see the show. Just put the camera down at the t-shirt the whole time. Just, yeah. I'd be like the unknown comic. Ah. The, the the John Anik t-shirt, uh, oh, lowest selling crazy. shirt by far. Literally nobody buys that shirt. The oh, John Anik on. shirt, anikflorianpodcast.com is the truth, okay? It's what the about Cody? This I, but this how about you? Big, you know? How about you representing? Cody must have sent uh, you that on man, the house. Every day, uh, every day now. I have an hey, Anik Sorry shirt about the, uh, the time <laughs> slots. Are you, are you mid-workout? You look good. Uh, no, I just got done. All so, right. I don't know what so, the hell. So, uh. So how you doing, man? It's nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you guys too. Bring a little New York flavor to this podcast. I think we're well, fucking mean and mean. You I know? like, I like it, man. We're starting off very nicey, nice. I love it. What New are we York talking Yan- about today? New York Yankees actually ruining my summer, but that's uh, yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, I think a lot of people felt like Giga Chikadze was special going into this main event against Edson Barboza, and he certainly. Uh, you know, rewarded those people for their confidence in him. What'd you think of the UFC main event? I mean, did, did you think we would start anywhere other than there? No. Uh, I thought you would go right to Jake Paul and uh, huh. what's his name? Yeah. Tyrone Woodley. Well, but, depending uh, on your time, we'll probably get No, no, we'll get Let's get that, get that fiasco later. But no, uh, Chikaze, man, unreal. Uh, same kind of like I knew he was good, but I think this took it to another level the way he dissected him. Uh, Kenny kind of reminds me of that Giorgio, I think, Petrosian, the way he keeps yes. the distance. You know, he's got that similar style. They they know how to make those kicks work for them. Uh, they keep the range good. They're sharpshooters from the outside. I mean, he basically negated anything Edson was going to do uh, and made it look easy, to be honest with you. And I thought that's a huge fight for him. And He's right where he wants to be. You know, I kind of had the same, like I, I knew um, Cyril Gahn was good, but the way he dissected the beast like nobody else has, I, I thought was a big, they're, they're at the right place at the right time in their careers. I mean, they're ready to move forward for sure. Yeah. So Cody just wrote, is Georgia the new Dagestan? I wouldn't fight anyone from the nation of Georgia for any amount of money. I'm sort of inclined to do like a, a tattoo bet. Right. If if one of these Georgian fighters can break through and uh, win a championship, if it's Marab Dwalish Willie or Giga Chikadze, I don't know if I want to go on the record and do that right now. Um, but it is incredible. These Georgian fighters, man, it's unbelievable. They're uh, they're taking over. So um, what else did uh, jumped off? Because I do want to get to some other things. Anything else jump off the card? How about Gerald Mershard? Huh? Did you well, see that? Let me tell you something, man. Huh. That goes under the category survive first, then win. I mean, yes. he's really, uh, wow, I, that was not looking good. And, man, did he get the job done. What a tough SOB that guy is, man. You know, it doesn't look it, but, man, he's tough, man. That, that's my definition of a legitimate tough guy because he definitely looked outclassed, but he took what that guy had to offer, and he came back, and that guy couldn't hold up against his stuff. So, great, yeah. great. That, I thought that was a great fight. And and another bonus for Gerald Mershart. And I think my brother might have mentioned that he and Duke Rufus might be uh, partnering up in the future. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. But uh, big things so. for – oh, did he say it? Okay. He said right. it also, yeah. All right, good. So, uh, so this heel hook situation, Pat Sabatini and Jamal Emmers. So, Ken Flo, when this stuff's going on on the broadcast, I'm just praying right. that I look to my right and I got the jujitsu guy that night, right? 
because I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't want to know what's going on. Dana White does not want to hear what I have to say about what's going on. So uh, just doesn't look pleasant. Ray, I mean, is that, that's not your world necessarily. That's, uh, yeah, it's not my world. And I still give him a zero on his uh, mental, uh, what do they call that fight IQ? He gets a zero. What was that, Kenny? I mean, that, that tactically was just a mess. And Sabatini got the job done, which is good for him. But yeah, I, yeah, think, he, I think he got handed a, a little bit of a gift there early, early Christmas present. Yeah, listen, I think that, you know, if you if you don't understand grappling and you haven't been in those situations, it's hard to really respect some of those moves and understand what's a finishing hold and what isn't. An inside heel hook is, is the most powerful foot hold you could do, right? If you want to break someone's leg or, you know, tear some ligaments or get the tap, like an inside heel hook is the most dangerous, I think, of them all, uh, pretty much. He was trying to do a toe hold, um, and it, it just isn't as strong of a move. So instead of addressing it defensively, he went on the offense and tried to see if he could get the right. other guy to tap, and it just – no, poor right. choice. If yeah. someone has a gun to your head already, you don't try to go reach for your, for some kind of a weapon. You're yeah. already fucked. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, that, that, that's the that's the bottom line is that yeah. he could have just got the fuck out of there. He was having success right. standing up. I, I can't – when guys go in there like that, you just know it's not good. I, I don't know. You could see that right. was going nowhere but downhill. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. He just – that was not a good look to me. Yeah. No, better you guys than me to talk about it. Uh, I love the gym noises when Long goes live in uh, Garden City, New York. You know, uh, you can hear you can hear Jim. I'm locked in the office. Wait, hold on a second. I forget we forget going any further. Where the hell was Kenny on the PFL? <laughs> I I I I had another commitment. I was I was uh, looking at robots fighting. I, I couldn't uh, oh, couldn't be at the human fights. I gotta tell you. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Chris Wade, man. He crushed it. How about that? Bobby. That's a big man. win. What, Underdog. What a, what a crazy story this is going to be. He looks good, yeah. man. He's in a yeah. different spot. He dropped good that kid. weight, which is incredible. And not he, easy. Uh, yeah, man. He's been fighting. His wrestling is way – it's not underrated because he's he can wrestle good, but he's very proud of his Long Island roots. He shouted out Joe Patrovich, who's a legend out here on Long Island with the wrestling. So, you know, like, again, it's a great example of a guy who's accolade-wise is way ahead of the other guy. but just doesn't work out like yeah. that sometimes. And, and Ray, believe, and believe it in yourself because he's had, he's had a lot of ups and downs over the course of his career. And to say, you know what, let, let me uh, refocus my career. I'm going to take a risk and go down to 45 and see if I can do it. You know, he, he you know, obviously uh, was no longer with the UFC, had to really refocus, wasn't able to get it done in the PFL for a couple of seasons. And then now he finally in the finals with a good chance yeah. to win. So with really a good interesting. chance to win a hundred percent. And again, I think sometimes for the guys like him, who I think he fought a little conservative and, and it might not have been that he fought conservative. He got, he had tough, tough Opponents. matchup in the UFC. It's crazy. Yes. But yeah. now it's starting to pay off because his experience no. now. Right. Yeah. Really coming to fruition. All yeah. those tough guys he fought. I mean, he fought Maklachev and he fought him tooth and nail yeah. back in the, you know what I mean? So yeah. look where that guy is now. So yeah, he's right. he's on a good call, a great point. Yeah, just a yeah. Good I think it was uh, yeah, maybe his twentieth pro win, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, 
I don't go out of my way to uh, to root for New Yorkers, but I go out of my way to root for him. You know, I really yeah. do. I've followed his career since he left oh. the UFC and very happy for him. He's a huge New York Mets fan. So uh, been a tough summer on that front, taking his frustrations out on uh, the PFL. But that's very exciting. Uh, should I, I heard gentle... he the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> The gentle art. Jiu-jitsu, the gentle art, right? Like we're talking about heel hooks and ligaments, right? I took seven, maybe eight jiu-jitsu classes in my life, right? Each yeah. one more violent than the one previous. The gentle oh, fucking. When a guy's in your garden, he decides to can open C3 through C fucking 29 out of you. Just rip them to shreds. Yeah. Well, it, it's the gentle how art. Gentle how gentle is the can opener? <laughs> the first thing you learn on jujitsu is how to get how to fall properly like it's the yeah. gentle art but learn how to fall on your back properly yes exactly uh i'll yeah. tell you what though speaking of jujitsu man that the hicks and gracie book i think is an a plus man i love oh it. did you get it did you get I it, loved every, every, I loved every, read it man what, oh my gosh Danny, i loved every second of it because he elaborates on some stories we all heard of back yes. in the day but just his philosophy on life and fighting and man he's honest man he's had some Man, that's a life, man. I, I got done with that book, and I go, wow, I haven't done a fucking thing with my life. <laughs> One of those, I'm like, wow, this guy's. I can't wait to read it. I saw him on the Jocko Willing podcast, and I was just blown away yeah, uh, by guys. his stories. Man, I can't. I've been such a fan um, of his for so long. He was like the master of masters, and and uh, can't wait to read it, man. What a yeah. legend. Yeah, and I had the opportunity of training with Pedro Sauer a little bit, one of his yeah. top belts. So, what, Pedro, another guy, man. If you're out there, buddy. What a just great times with that guy and his philosophy and the way he taught was beautiful. Awesome. And then Hickson did a blue belt test at my school when I first opened up my second school. And just to listen to that guy and watch him roll around was just totally different back then, man. That's just, it's a great, it's a great thing, man. So that book I recommend to anybody, especially even hearing him talk about holes and, you know, just the other people in the family, like stuff you knew, but he, he's spicy, man. It's not, he's not holding back cool. anything. He's, yeah, you know, it's really good. He's honest, honest, honest. Ray, you keep talking like this. Ken Flo's going to stick around for another 315 episodes. You might listen <laughs> back to the show this week for the first time in the history of the show because uh, I love of it. All the well, Pete, you know, here's the thing. It's like Ray is like such an OG that, you know, he, I mean, he was in the JKD world with it. They had such an open mind about learning from all yeah. different things that like, you know, I, I never had an opportunity to train with Hickson. Like that was always a dream of mine, but Ray's been around the block. Let's put it that way. And the fact that, you know, you're, you're recounting that story and read his book is just, uh, is really cool. Oh, no. The guy, I think the guy, he was special when I met him 20 years ago. And it's, I think the book really just, well, it was great. I mean, I really, I went right through it. Uh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. How about that? All right. I'm not going to transition from Hicks and Gracie to Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. So Ally oh, yeah. Quinta, correct me if I'm no. wrong. Did they announce his fight on the broadcast over the weekend, Cody? Is that what no, happened? No, I've been yeah. multitasking. They did. No. They did. hundred percent wrong. <laughs> they fight did. Will never, that fight will never happen. Why? What's the fight? No, no, I'm joking. I mean, oh, it was like, announced on the broadcast. November 6th. Let's go. Yeah. Man. He was he was in here last night. He looks great. I love working. Do not want to guy. tell the audience who didn't catch the UFC telecast who Al's fighting at Madison Square Garden uh, on six November. A very very tough and durable Bobby Green, who we just saw 
Oh, I actually, I, Kenny, I actually think he beat that guy. I swear to God, I watched that fight again. Uh, hey, let, me, let me tell you, that's a close. Really? That's a close fight, man. He ate whatever that guy had to offer, and he came he's back. Tough, in the third man. He's tough, man. He's not going anywhere. That guy. Yeah. So, uh, all will, right. So Al and Bobby Green. Uh, yes. A week after. So basically, when Al. So is Al going to be? How are how are they going to navigate this? That's going to fight tough. Island and everything else. I'm not really sure yet. That's going right. to be a tough one, though, because right. I think Al. So Al somebody. Somebody above you on the pay scale will figure out how the hell everybody's going to navigate that. Or there's somebody below you on the pay scale. No, because think of these guys are neck and neck corner in each other in theory. Yeah. One of them well, got to the be other thing. Al, Al, for two weeks. Yeah, Al you was know? supposed to go. So that's out now. Yeah, but, and, uh, and Matt Sarah, I believe, has a cornering band. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We got, oh, we got, we're uh, this, uh, from September 25th to November, whatever, it's going to be. Hell, because I'm I promoting two shows in October. I got a wedding, uh, another fight. Like, if there's five weekends, every weekend is shot. So this is going to get very wow. interesting. Man. Feels like we need to have, like, a pre-show with this guy. He's got so much going on, so we don't talk yeah, about all these things. Crazy. I mean, with, with your regional shows that we fail to plug on a seemingly week weekly basis. All right. Plug well, before, we, uh, before we let you go. Uh, did you uh, did you plop down your fifty nine ninety nine on Sunday yeah. evening for uh, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley on Showtime Boxing Pay Per View? Um, in retrospect or in hindsight, I'm embarrassed to say yes, I did. <laughs> but, uh, the show was a little bad. I mean, I, that that fight was horrendous. But yeah, I think uh, I think Woodley came out looking better than the other guys. Not going anywhere. I thought he was a little better as a boxer. And he did nothing. Woodley did nothing. I don't, I don't even know. That was a that wasn't good for anybody. That really was. He's definitely. I, I thought Jake Paul had a little more talent. He's he's not going anywhere. I, that'll that'll say right now that as a boxer, he's. You know why? Because now he's been in these crazy high profile fights. You can't put him against like a normal guy, and those normal guys will beat the crap out of him. You know, a guy coming up the the ranks with with three or four fights. You know? Right. Right. No amateur background to speak of, Kenny. Doesn't look like he could go 10 rounds right now. And uh, and yeah. if these are serving as his sort of amateur fights, then so be it. Um, I bought the pay-per-view, uh, recorded it, fell asleep, went to watch it the next day. And they were telling me, because I don't subscribe to Showtime, I can't record the pay-per-view. Oh, I did find God. a way to watch it, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm just disappointed historically for T Wood that this is not going to yeah. be a win, but I don't really have much on nah, it. There's, there's nothing to me, it's there. like there's no consequence here. Like if Jake Paul is going to be a professional boxer, Ken Flo, and power to him, he already is, right? And go on that type of career trajectory and have seemingly more difficult challenges now in the future against legitimate boxers in his weight class instead of aging guys moving on yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Power to him. That's yeah. the rub in terms of the sporting event, right? But right. For me, it's in terms of pay-per-view buys or, or an, an attraction like this. You know, there are UFC fights here in front of me. Dustin Jacoby over Darren the Dentist Stewart of great consequence for yes. MMA careers, right? Like, I don't watch the Super Bowl. I watch the Super Bowl because there's a lot at stake, not because everybody else is watching it. Um, Listen, so I don't, I don't know. Let, I don't yeah, know. let me let me say this. The only winner 
uh, to me was Tyrone Woodley's mother, man. Who doesn't love this lady, man? I tell you what energy she's got. I mean, she's she's so sweet. Really, who would want to hang out with her? She's she's a looks like a pisser and got a clear perspective on things. And I I don't know. You know, you know what's funny about that. And then we'll get out of it because I don't want to beat this thing. But these. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, you could see these guys. This is the new generation. I like when Kenny, when Woodley asked for a rematch, they're like, what? No. No, you had your turn. It's somebody else's turn now. This isn't like they don't even understand what that guy's talking about. Like, you got to have somebody (laughs) else's turn. Like, this is is only fair play, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Like, they were legitimately confused. It's somebody else's turn. You can't cut the line right. again. Right, right. What's well, the matter uh, with you? No, they did you see the I look on their faces? Why. They were like in shock. They didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so torn over this whole thing. Because clearly Jake Paul, he's already a millionaire. He doesn't yeah, have yeah, yeah. he doesn't have to fight to make millions of dollars. So you're like, okay, you know, yeah. he he's he's trying to find out something about himself or or you know, test yeah. himself in a completely different arena. But then at the same time, you're like, yeah, but he's not—he's not really trying to climb up and become right. a, a, a boxing world champion. He wants a spectacle. He right. wants—he yes. wants to face guys with names and create interest and put on events and shows. Right. Not um, here to you know work on myself as a boxer and see what I could do. Like I don't know. It the whole thing I think is just we're in a weird. Kind of yeah, simulating a hundred percent. But the at the end of the day, I think he's honest with that assessment yeah. that you just gave. It's the other guys that can't get past, you know, like again, even Woodley wanting a rematch for what? Yeah. Oh, and, and like like that, that that's actually heartbreaking. Like and then I love Tyron. And then I love Tyron. He says he's gonna put, he's gonna put a tattoo on his he said he's yeah. willing to put a tattoo. On his body to get the rematch. And I'm like, right. no, right. you're doing it wrong. Exactly. What's going on? That's the thing. You have to get a tattoo no. of something you, if you do a tattoo bad, it's got to be something that like you want forever. You're selling yourself, man. Terrible. Don't. Hey, no. listen, we have an expert on getting tattoos right in our, <laughs> right in our living room. Right here. Peripheral so, view right now. So but, if uh, I was a UFC fighter, right, I would have been fired from probably most of my media gigs at this point. Right. Right. Because that would have given me sort of the conviction to say a lot of things. Right. I guess for me as a mixed martial arts fan and UFC fan, this is getting a little bit frustrating. The Askren thing was a fucking joke. Right. Um, But like if you really want a UFC boxer to go in there, we'll we'll send somebody in there like. Of all the tweets, I, I was more interested, Kenny and Ray, in what people had to say about this fight than the actual fight. Gilbert Burns's tweet was the one that jumped out of the room for me, okay? Jake can't box, not much, but way better than we thought. T would make the money, but he don't want to fight anymore. And therein lies the rub, okay? If you yeah, said I mean, Gilbert Burns in there, right? Grappler, wrestler, now outstanding striker in MMA. But, like, Gilbert wants to fight, right? right Gilbert right, will right. go in there and knock Jake Paul's head off for you, right? And... There are a lot of people that I think we all believe would be able to do that, right? So to send in a five-time UFC welterweight champion and have him lose to someone, uh, to me, it just discre- it's just annoying no, to no, have to no, do it's it. Not, it. This one put it over the edge. I think. I think. <laughs> I think they're going to have a. Tr- I think they will have trouble in the future. I don't know. I felt something weird, even with Woodley. His corner's telling him 
you got to do more. You're going to regret this tomorrow. And he doesn't do more and he doesn't regret anything. He's the, did the same. They, they were begging him almost sounded yeah. like Dean Thomas begging him to, you got to go forward. You got to put combos together. You got to, you just got to do more. You can't just walk around with your hands up and then throw one punch here and there. So yeah, right. Just a bad right. look for everything. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We always save the, uh, the juicy stuff, you know, clean out so the MMA and watch the news test with you. Uh, well, Daniel Rodriguez over Kevin Lee, I thought was an interesting fight and result. I thought D-Rod certainly won. Uh, I heard that Kevin Lee's protesting that fight. He feels he 100% won. Protesting? Really? No, I'm joking. That's a uh, joke. No, well, no, I know he... Can hey, somebody mean, tell Kevin Lee, just go in and fight, man. Do your best. Don't mention Usman. Don't mention... Stop. With the uh, number five, I dude, I've never seen a guy shoot himself in the. I don't think he's got any toes left. He just shoots himself in the foot angry <laughs> fight, and then he stands in. He has no clue. Yeah, like, like he's standing there thinking he won that fight. Like, is he right? Right, counting on the judges just sucking so bad that they're gonna give it to him. Like, is but like that's what, that's what I mean. It's like, won the fight. Like you. It, you couldn't have thought that, you know, but then I see these guys, they're waiting for the decision, like holding their fists, like maybe I'm going to get lucky. I don't know what it could be. You can't think you won that fucking fight. Yeah. But that's why, you know, people, you know, again, for people who say he could be, you know, the best guy at 162 pounds, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. That that's bullshit. Why? Because he says it because yeah. we think he's in between weight classes. No, like that's not right, that's not right, the case. Right. I, I I just I'm not buying it. There's a lot of other better fighters out there who are more real with themselves, who are putting in the work. And, you know, it's like there's always something like he's talking about these huge goals when he hasn't even achieved, yeah, just, you know, anything close to that. It's like, well, you know, look, we, we all perpetuate this bullshit, though. Right. I mean, like even when he went with Farage, right. like, even Rogan, ah, oh, now he's with Faraz. We're gonna well, he's 0-4 now with Faraz. Right. And Faraz right. will be Faraz would never tell you what he's gonna do with the guy because he knows that guy's limitations, I'm sure. So it's not even fair to Faraz, but like it doesn't I I I to me some shit just seems so transparent. I can't get why other people aren't seeing it. And I just yeah. Yeah. he's a super talented kid. There's no question about it. he's athletic, right. but they, but how, he, for how many years do you say that? You know, all the guys he's taken down and he's done this and you still got to do it when it counts, man. Like, it's just yeah. it is crazy. And then don't look up in the heavens and, you know, be confused like that's it just was weird. Right, I don't know. Right, but right. hats off to Rodriguez, man. Big step up for him. That's a big confidence boost for him. And he did a great job on his short notice. Right. You know. Dude, how about fucking Ray Longo bringing it today, folks? Right? I don't even know. Listeners, viewers around the world. You got to get me after I work out. I got the endorphins. I'm telling you, that's literally my inner monologue right now is I don't need 11 a.m. Yeah. Monday, 11 a.m. Longo. Oh, no, that that is. And right now, we need the 420. I booked you at 420 (laughs) because you're anti-weed, and I knew it would be lost on you. I booked you right at 420. (laughs) All right, we got to yeah. go. But seriously, if you're creating a demo package, since you're a media mogul and stuff, oh, yeah. uh, you should really have them cut up some stuff from today. Thanks for bringing it. We will talk to you next Monday. Oh, real quick. Derek Brunson, Darren Till. Who do you like in the main event this weekend? Derek Brunson, Darren Till. Till the favorite. 
till minus 180, DB plus 155. Ray Longo, who do you have? I'm going to go with Till on that one. All right. All right. Chalky as usual, but we love you. You know what chalky <laughs> means? Favorites, right? No. Favorites. Betting favorites. Yeah. Oh, the betting favorite? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I would, we I, I, that's a pretty big gap. I didn't think it would be, I didn't think he'd be a minus 180. It almost, I thought that would be close to a pick em, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe some you know, value Brunson's on Derek Brunson. Yeah, yeah. He's won four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. He's got no respect at all, Brunson. This is a big right. fight. This is a, yeah. I'm going with Tolo. I think. I think the movement and uh, the power in his hands is probably going to upset yeah. a lot of shit. Hey, uh, speaking of no respect, get the fuck out of here. All right, we got to go. Wow. Get the no. fuck out of here. No, I'm just kidding. I... Last Man, guy that said that to me ended up in a garbage can. I well, hey, <laughs> I got distance right now. I got distance. Right now. Uh, that always uh, one of those days. You get down the block and then you go nah, 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 nah. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. literally training for a fight. Literally oh, training for a fucking good. fight. Yeah, out of irritation for the world, you know. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, I am. Yeah, you're that I down am. on the world now. What that one Disney it's been a tough couple weeks, did, you know. Right? I'm not going to bog down this podcast with a morass of negativity, but it, it's been the a Jake hard Paul hard. Woodley fight sent him I mean, over yeah, the edge. Yeah, right? I think the yeah. fact that his kid had to stay home from school just threw him over the edge today. <laughs> I can't talk about it, but he's been home for almost two weeks. So. <laughs> no, no, no. All lips are yeah. sealed. Like, no, like, well, no, it's a it's a complete mess. <laughs> if you really want to know, right? Uh, you know, I have no help whatsoever, and uh, you know, right, but it is listen. what it is. Hopefully, the audience doesn't uh, doesn't you know hear listen, anything listen, different on Saturday night. Old, be prepared. Couple of hits of the old vape pen, you'll be right back to normal. Go for it. There you go. All right, <laughs> my words are great. Have a great week. Ray, Ray. See you, guys. Man. The Ray Longo Minute every week on the Anakin Forum podcast. All right. Whew. Deep breaths. UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Till under the lights inside that little there UFC Apex on Saturday night. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And the time is most definitely now. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. All right, the great Ian Parker now joins us for the main event challenge, and so does the executive producer, Cody Merrow, who I promise won't steal your shine, IP. We do have a pronunciation of the week, but what's this kid doing? This millennial uh, generation. I, I, I don't even know what am I doing. doing. I don't, no one, no one ever knows what you're doing. I, I swear <laughs> to God, I have no idea. I love you, I, to me, he's just wearing sunglasses and a giant headset. I have no I idea. just want to say to the audience that if everyone could hear the conversation that Ian and I had on Saturday, immediately after GM3 got the submission in round two, you might not think that we were friends. But that, <laughs> that's, that's, this no. is my mini brag, my mini humble brag, okay. you know, incredibly right. patient with my hubris. I love you, Ian. I love the main event challenge. I love the Anakin Florian podcast. Let's go, boys. I may have Cody just pick for me for the rest of the year. We can play Cody. Uh, Cody, I don't Idiot know how easy Kenny, it is. For your, own, for your own sake, though, let him write it, not speak it. Jesus Christ. Kid gets one pick. Did he also tell you that he put Mardov in every single one of his parlays? So I was dragging about accidentally that saying him three by sub. He lost 12 yeah. bets because he put Mardov in there. Unbelievable. Love Anthony you, Cody. Showtime Jesus. Pettis. Anthony Showtime Pettis has made almost $22,000 betting on us. You know what I'd like to see Anthony Pettis also do? 
uh, show us the tickets that he lost, not just every ticket that he's won. So well, Anthony, if you get, well, no, no, just to be fair, that's cool that he's picking his friends and he hits them, but let's be realistic here. Everyone here has placed a bet in their lives. It's very easy to place the winners and not talk about your losers. I can almost guarantee you that he had to have a losing ticket at some point. He's not, he's not batting a hundred percent. I'm he sure he bet on the Milwaukee Bucks one night minus five. The point is that the tickets that he's tossed out there on Instagram are his teammates as huge underdogs plus yes. 300 or plus 450. I saw the stocks play. I saw, I'm just saying, I'd like to see the 5,000 he put on Tyron Woodley last night. I'd like to see Showtime Pettis. Because I'm pretty sure Tyron was one with Duke Rufus. I'm sure they're boys. You know, he was an underdog. So, Let's see yeah. that. Ticket. Let's see that yeah. ticket. Showtime. Hey, I can show you a losing ticket on Tyron Woodley if you want to see it. I I'm mean, we've seen enough of that. I, 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 Jake Paul by decision was the bet. Uh, if you're curious. Yeah. Ian, I just want to get this pronunciation of the week. Cody, you don't have to come back on screen with, uh, with sunglasses, <laughs> but you can, if you want to, uh, this man fights Mark Andre power bar Barrio in the UFC's middleweight division live on ESPN plus. <laughs> South African two-division champion training now full-time in Las Vegas at Extreme Couture. Cody, do we have that file? Please say we have the file. Oh, of course we do, my good sir, because you're talking about Daucha Lagambula. Oh, that, that's... the two champion. Lagambula Dasha, the two champion. Lagambula Dasha. I fucked no. that one up, huh? Yeah, Ian, I mean, can you be the uh, the judge today? I mean, I couldn't even understand what he the name was, <laughs> I couldn't even, he couldn't even say his own name, let alone Cody saying his name. I I heard Dalcha. And then the and then the and then the rest and then the rest, it sounds like he fell off his bicycle. Oh. It's like Dalcha Lunga Bambula. You know. I, although I wouldn't say it to his face. I never Dalcha's say it to his face. Be... I felt like a Greek god. Dalcha's exactly what everyone in the commentary is gonna say after John says the name right. Every single time, everyone's just going to say Doucha. I mean, that recording that was kind of hard to understand. I'll, I mean, but then again, Cody's wearing sunglasses inside, so that's an automatic L in my book. <laughs> I actually just tripped and tore my ACL. <laughs> Ken Flo, he uh, he messed up both names. If we're being honest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one, dude. Like, if that's your UFC debut at 145 pounds, you just put him against Max Holloway. I mean, that that's a tough one. That's you know what's so funny to me though about that? I hate I don't even want to talk about pronunciations, right? But it's like, oh, these names are so hard, right? It's like it people don't want to practice names, but they'll go practice a Kimura sweep a hundred million <laughs> fucking times. Good but they point. won't sit in their hotel room and say Dalsha Lungiambula 25 times. So that then when they show up to the arena, they don't need phonetics. And I'm not talking about anybody on the broadcast, right? IP, yeah, but it's true. like like you know, Dalsha Lungiambula. It's like the, the only reason I can say it is because I've been forced to say it a million fucking times. I have no idea what's going on with this show today. Ray must have just sprinkled some level of craze between you and Cody, John, because I don't know what that has to do with it. You just said that people are practicing Kimura as opposed to pronouncing his, pronouncing his name. Why would anyone outside of the commentary have to pronounce his name unless you were rolling with Feldo yeah. or Dom or DC in the hotel room? Can you picture DC is like throwing John in moves while John's working on all the pronunciations and DC's not? That's what I'm kind of picturing right now. That like I'm sitting here and DC's like throwing him in doubles. He's throwing him in a Darce. Well, John's like, yo, can you pronounce this guy's freaking name? And that's kind of the picture that was just painted right there. You're smiling, but you know I'm right. Well, there are dozens of people that are charged with pronouncing this name correct. You know, our producers <laughs> take great pride in pronouncing the names correctly because they're constantly communicating with us, you know. 
Um, and those guys fucking practice. Sorry to the chill. I know we, so we do have a lot of young listeners and if your parents <laughs> don't cuss, my kids, their father does. So I apologize for today's language. All right. Should we make some after. picks? Like Kenny's got better things to do. It's coming up on two o'clock Pacific time. UFC fight night, Brunson versus Till. This fight card has absorbed a lot of body blows at this point. So as of this taping, we have 10 fights. Picks on three today, boys. At light heavyweight, IP, we'll start with you. Lithuania's Modestus Bukowskis, minus 155. Taking on the American Khalil Roundtree Jr., who is plus 135. Uh, Bukowski is 27 years old, trying to avoid a third straight loss. That is also the fate of Roundtree Jr. losing to Iwan Kutelaba. And then most recently, this past January, UFC 257 on points to Marcin Pracnio on Fight Island. Ian Parker, who do you have? I like Modestus Bukowski in, uh, huh. in this one. <laughs> we talk about this and then we lead off with that name. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so... Here's my problem with Khalil Roundtree. We, I think we've seen his ceiling. I think we know how he fights. And for uh, Modestus, all he's got to do, I, it's not this simple, but you put the pressure and you don't let Khalil get his kicks off early. You get him on his back foot. And I think that Modestus gets his first win in the UFC in this one. Templo, what do you think? Bukowskis, Khalil Roundtree Jr. Yeah, I like Bukowskis as well. Um, I, I think... Um, He's a very dangerous striker. I think that sometimes he leaves himself open and gets a little overly aggressive, which could, you know, have an opening for Khalil to land a big shot. And I, I think for Khalil, he's one of the more difficult guys. Like if you've gambled uh, on him um, in previous fights, he's so hot and cold. Uh, it's it, he's a hard guy to bet for or against, but um, I think Bukowskis is a little bit more consistent, um, and I don't think he's totally found his stride in the UFC just yet, but uh, I like Bukowskis as well. All right, co-main event, Tom Aspinall, minus 300 or so, taking on Sergey Spivak, plus 225. So Sergey Pavlovich was going to be returning for the first time in a long time, but visa issues, I believe, will prevent him from competing in the co-main. So Tom Aspinall and Sergey Spivak, I think, rank 13 and 14, respectively. Uh, polar bear stepping up here. Ian, we'll start with you on the co-main event. Aspinall three to one favorite here. I don't think he should be a three to one favorite just yet. Sergey Spivak has been fighting pretty well. He's been fighting pretty intelligent and I think he keeps getting better. There's a size advantage with the height, you know, and we saw Aspinall against Andre Arlovsky take a lot of that first, that first round. He wasn't winning, you know, he was getting outlanded a lot and Spivak does have that striking However, I think the short notice is going to make a difference here. And I think Aspinall also will have the advantage in the grappling, the wrestling, and the clinch. Uh, you know, so to me, I, I will go with Aspinall, but I'll say on a betting standpoint, at minus 300, I think that's a stretch. I think if this wasn't short notice, he'd probably be closer to like minus 180. All right, good stuff, Ian. You look good with that white backdrop, by the way, as well with the uh, the Florida tan. Uh, Aspinall is a hammer, Ken Flo. Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, tremendous power, plus skills in all area. My notes say that. 3-0 uh, and in the UFC. He's won six in a row overall. Uh, and Spivak still just 26. A lot of momentum for him. Three wins in a row. Last time out, June 19th, win over Alexi Olenek. Ken Flo, what do you have for us on the co-main event? I'll keep this relatively simple. I think that Ian did a good breakdown already. The only thing I'll have to add is that with Aspinall, I think he has good individual skills. Sometimes he doesn't go out there and fight smart. You're just like, you know, this is an easier path. Why aren't you just doing that? Why aren't you trying to take him down? Why are you trying to make it more difficult on yourself? 
But I do think he's got a lot of talent. I think he has a lot of potential. I hope that he's got good mentoring and they're pushing him in the right direction. If he is, I like Aspinall here as well. Did any fan at BattleBots say anything to you about the podcast or no? Not yet. No, Fuck, man, we're isolated. So like, we're kind of like not, not pe- people aren't really, they don't really have the opportunity to I understand. We got to do, do a main event challenge battle bot style. That will be the real <laughs> crossover you need. I heard John, I told you I, one time I went to toss and picture. I've never listened. Battle bots, not my thing. There was a robot called the duck. And I sent to Kenny. I said, sure, you just can't yeah. get away from me, bro. It's true. And, he, and he's yeah. legit what I hear. Yeah. He's legit. I had a couple of production it. guys come up to me, though. All right. That's good Here's enough. Two I mean, production guys who listen to the podcast. Obviously, it's more likely at a mixed martial arts event that somebody would be approaching yeah. you about the podcast. But it's all anybody wants to talk to me about on the road. So I was hoping you love were it. feeling that love at, at BattleBots. Uh, all right. Main event at middleweight. It's so interesting when huge fights to me happen inside this little UFC apex. We got a big one this weekend. Seventh ranked Darren Till, minus 180. Number five, Derek Brunson, plus 155. So on paper, Ken Flo, who will lead us off here, by the way, a nine to four week for Team Florian, courtesy of Cody Merrill. Things have tightened up considerably. So Till has lost three of four in there, a split decision win over Kelvin Gastelum. That was at UFC 244, November of 2019 at Madison Square Garden. Feels like a lifetime ago, but Till's the favorite here, Kenny, and it still feels like he's on the cusp of a title shot if he can get past Derek Brunson, who has won four in a row since he was stopped by the undisputed champion Israel Adesanya. Big main event, Ken Flo. Who wins it and how do they get it done? You know, I think Derek Brunson has surprised a lot of people with um, his resurgence. Um, I think he's fighting smarter. He, he, he definitely is training hard. You could see that. Um, but I do think he's down on skill a little bit and firepower. Uh, I, I would like to think that Darren Till is putting in that same kind of effort uh, and trying to get better as a fighter, specifically as a grappler, a wrestler, so he can keep this on the feet. And if he is able to keep it on the feet, I, I think he should have a, a, a pretty – um, I don't want to say easy time, but it should be pretty comfortable for him. I think he will eventually land the shot. And I think Darren Till is going to be explosive early on. And I think he gets it done in round two. I, I think Darren Till gets it done uh, by knockout or TKO in round two. Um, starts on the feet, follows, him up, follows it up and, and finishes it on the ground with TKO. So, um that's the way I see it. I think Derek Brunson is going to struggle a little bit against Darren Till and taking him down. Um, I think Darren Till's movement and his variety is going to be a little tough for, for Derek this time around. 10.30 a.m. Pacific for the first fight of the day on Saturday, which had been very exciting. All right, Ian Parker, you will have the final word on this. Darren Till minus 180, Derek Brunson plus 155. Yeah, look, Derek Brunson's definitely had a resurgence, like Kenny said. But I also think those uh, outside Edmund Shabazzian, which I don't think anyone took Derek, and I'll say the same thing here. But I think against Kevin Holland, we all knew what was going to happen. Brunson just wrestle, 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 and he did it. I I think stylistically, this is going to be a rough one for him. I think Till is very difficult to take down. I think if Brunson could take him down early in the fight before he gets sweaty and control him for round one, me round two, and make Till fight from behind and chase those power shots, To me, that's how Brunson wins. However, I just think that this fight will probably stay on the feet. 
I, I, Till does have good takedown defense, and I think Darren Till will win this fight. I don't know if he finishes Derek Brunson. Uh, Brunson has not been finished in a really, really long time. So I'll say I'll play it safe and say Till by decision. I may change that to a late round play, but both guys got good cardio. They've shown that they can go the full five. I just think that this is going to be on the feet, and Till's the better striker. Beautifully put, as usual, on social media <laughs> at Ian Parker MMA. Next week, uh, we will be doing a show on Labor Day, uh, as long as the UFC has a live event uh, the following weekend, which presumably they do. Uh, actually, maybe they don't on September 11th. But uh, either way, next week, Super Bowl prediction, AFC, NFC, uh, and ultimately who wins the game in addition to uh, all the mixed martial arts stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you in about six and a half days, unless you got something else. I got one thing. I caught you guys at the end with Ray talking about the whole thing with Jake Paul, the whole, like, what does he go from here? Who fights? I just want to throw my two cents in a little bit with that. Um, one, Woodley literally said today that he agrees to getting the tattoo for the rematch. If that's what he does. You know, for me, listen, Jake Paul, he's not going to fight Tommy Fury because no one cares about Tommy Fury right now. I mean, you saw whoever watched that, that was hard to watch. I think if you're going to send a UFC fighter in to clean this mess up, it's game bread Masvidal. And I think weight-wise, it makes sense. Boxing skills-wise, it makes sense. I think John is sick and tired of talking about this, which makes a lot of sense. I just wanted to say, I think if you want to end this madness right now, you throw in someone who's still current, active, style-wise, boxing-wise can do it, and my pick would be Masvidal. Jake Paul ain't trying to end this madness, and Nikisa has done a great job promoting him, and I give Showtime Boxing credit as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, that ain't going to happen. They'll be selective. I just do eventually hope he's in there with a – classically trained professional boxer but well, we shall see. there's dude there's no reason for him to do that he's making more money fighting guys like woodley think about this now he the amount of money he's making to do these type of fights he's essentially creating another avenue for i don't want to call it celebrity boxing anymore this isn't even social media because he's training you know but yeah you know and look woodley is a credentialed mixed martial artist you know obviously not a boxer per se but i don't think jake paul looked like a great boxer i don't I mean, no, I and, and a lot of people don't and yeah. honestly, I guess for me, until he's eight and zero, right, four and zero now, until he's eight and zero, and then maybe um, it would be appointment viewing. But as far as I'm concerned, I'd go to the second PFL prelim, Mississippi Mean Jason Knight losing, by the way, in his PFL debut, and that is a sporting event with greater consequence right now. As far as I'm concerned, I feel bad for my guy, Mississippi Mean. Uh, IP, we kind of got to scoot unless uh, I'm wearing my T. I mean, I love T Wood. I've been to Ferguson, Missouri to his house. I dressed up as him for Halloween. Like, um, I was hoping he would take care of business, but uh, you know, I think to what to Gilbert Burns's point, like he's a little bit of a reluctant thrower uh and absorber of strength in return at this stage he, of his combat sports career. Look, he waited, he waited, and the waiting and the hesitation is what cost him the fight. And I took Bobby Moffitt over Jason Knight. So on that note. All right. Hey, good stuff. Of course you did. <laughs> Fucking it, it's it's on ESPN. Listen, it's hey. on air. You can't. Not no lies there. Yeah. Must make me a dick. No, nothing, nothing. I'm just kidding. I love you. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. All right, that's it for the main event challenge. It is now time for the pick to click. It is presented by Oddshark.com, the most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight, and analysis on everything UFC. I strongly suggest you go to Oddshark.com/UFC to get everything you need to know before placing bets on the upcoming fights this weekend. Also of note, the Odd Shark Fight Center nicely compartmentalizes all the matchup information that I need to know in advance of calling the fights this weekend. They've got all the odds also from various sports books there for you to peruse. And I'm telling you, in terms of the mixed martial arts handicapping, across the board, their experts have all been watching and analyzing and capping mixed martial arts for a long time. So to that end, 
of all the odd shark talent that we could have on the program. Perhaps the top seed is Joe Osborne. Let us get to Joe. Time now for the pick to click. The pick to click. All I have to do is bet on the winner, and I'll never lose. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Hey. What's up, boys? Ooh, he's got that fancy odd shark backdrop off to the right. I guess we don't get that treatment. How can we get that next week, Joe? I know it's been a busy day with the boys. It it looked rough down here for a while, but I'm working from home now, so I need to dress it up. So we painted down here. I got some memorabilia up on the wall there. So it's it's a a nice-looking set here. used to be those blue walls, as you recall. I have uh, two, two children, as you know, both by the same woman by the way. And uh, so we went with a colorful theme down there with the blue. So something a little bit more, uh, more neutral here this time around. Well, it's always good to talk to you, especially on the cusp of another NFL season. You can find Joel on social media, Instagram at paper chaser, Joe. I might have to just go paper chaser, John at some point. Uh, And JTFOZ is the Twitter handle. Before we get to Darren Till and Derek Brunson, I know you might have a wager of some kind on the UFC main event this weekend. And certainly we can talk some NFL stuff. Um, you're, you're wearing your Miami Dolphins hat loud and proud. I live in South Florida. I ingest a lot of local. Yeah, Miami Dolphins helmet, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, right behind him. So I ingest a lot of local sports talk radio these days because my fucking serious satellite radio and my minivan <laughs> is broken if you really need to know. So I'm listening to a lot of local sports radio. And it seems as though um, the Dolphins enthusiasm is starting to sort of wane relative to a few weeks ago what can you tell me about your uh your hopes and dreams for this edition of the miami dolphins well i didn't like earlier the weekend these deshaun watson rumblings coming out which made absolutely no sense whatsoever and it comes off a little bit as uh fake news to me because every i follow every single beat reporter on the team and there's just a lot of enthusiasm around too i've seen every single snap he's taken in the preseason sometimes you have to take the preseason with a grain of salt but he's just throwing darts out there so uh, he's made some pretty big leaps uh, from a, a rookie season that, w- that was fairly average, criticized a lot. But uh, I think the Dolphins are going to be in the mix to get into the playoffs here this year. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender by any means, but I think they're going to get better on offense. You know, they have an offense that's built around Tua this time around, a playbook that's built around him and his strengths. They got some weapons for him. As well, so that's going to be helpful. Guys with a lot of speed who can get separation. So the offense is going to get better. The defense will probably regress a little bit. You know, they had a lot of bounces go their way, so they had a lot of turnover luck. So I, I think they're going to be in the mix, man. The, the Patriots are pretty big question mark in that division. Who knows what we're going to see out of them? I think uh, Buffalo is going to be there as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Uh, the Jets don't waste your time. Right there. But yeah, I think Miami's going to be in the mix. I think they have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL, too, which helps. So so I'm very, very excited. Uh, Here's my ticket right now placed at Circa Sportsbook on. I don't even know. July 11th. Buffalo Bills at 12 to one. Four hundred and fifty dollars to win. Fifty four hundred. So I'm with you on the Buffalo Bills. That's really me just trying to take down their whole season on behalf of the Patriots, right, Ken Flo? Let's be fucking honest about it. Um, did you bet on this Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley business, Joe Osborne? For recreational Joe, purposes was, or otherwise? This was the biggest bet I've won all year and maybe the easiest bet 
I ever made in my life. And thank God I tweeted out earlier in the week, last week, I said the bet to make on the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight is for Jake Paul to win by decision at plus 800. I couldn't believe they were hanging that number. I saw that. I said, what is going on here? I said, it makes all the sense in the world that this is going to be a longer fight. You know, uh, Woodley became known as a bit of a decision machine towards the tail end of his UFC career. Now I know it's a completely different sport. but I could I envisioned a bit of a slow start to it because, you know, pretty big upgrade in competition for Jake Paul. And then the other part of it is, OK, Jake Paul's never been in a long fight before. So the longer this right. fight goes, the more his energy and power is going to be zapped. And uh, so I took the over three and a half. And I took Paul plus 800. Biggest oh, bet I that over this year. three and, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Over so, three and a half was plus money, too. That was like plus yeah. 110. So I, I was just dumbfounded that they were hanging yeah. that number. People were sending me tickets. Some people got it at uh, 12 to one at some sports book. So I got a shitty number, but uh, yeah. yeah, just a, a wild, wild bet there. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't want to go too far down, right? Like I would never want to discredit Tyron, but I thought he was up against it uh, in certain ways in that fight. Uh, going well, in. it was all right. So, Go ahead. It, it was that fight was set up for Jake Paul to win. Now I'm not going to be one of these people and say it was fixed because it wasn't, but it was a right. hand-picked opponent fighting in Jake right. Paul's exactly. hometown. Jake yeah. Paul, a pretty big size advantage. Uh, yeah. You know, the more uh, technical uh, skilled boxer, you know, so I think we're not going to get into it, but I will say, uh, I don't think Jake Paul does very well versus an actual trained boxer professional right. record. So we'll hand-picked. Opponent in a lot of respects, like nothing fixed about it, but certainly you try to sort of align a few things that would play in your favor. All right, so Darren Till minus one eighty, Derek Brunson plus one fifty five. I don't know if the round propositions and all that stuff is out there this early in the week, but will you have a wager on Saturday's UFC main event? Yeah, I like the underdog Brunson here, guys at plus one sixty. So sadly, I heard uh, Kenny and Ian. uh, on the till side, but I think this is an excellent uh, situational betting spot to hammer the underdog here. Uh, so I take a look at Darren Till. I think he's good, but not great. And as a result of that, I think he's a little bit overrated. Uh, I see him as a guy who's been uh, the recipient of what I called a UFC European push. You know, I think they're promoting him quite heavily and trying to position him as, uh, you know, England's next big UFC star, perhaps to fill those shoes uh, left behind by Michael Bisping, and he's just not getting there. You know, one in three in his last four fights, the one win, a fairly close one, versus Calvin Gastelum, who's losing a lot these days, right? And I see some red flags here with Darren Till. He has a negative striking differential in his UFC career. He's also giving up a three-inch reach. Now we take a look at Derek Brunson, and this guy has, you know, been positioned as a bit of a gatekeeper, but all he does, he keeps slamming that gate shut. You know, four straight wins. All of which as an underdog, by the way, uh, these this four-fight win streak that he's on. And he only tends to lose. I didn't recognize that. Wow. Yeah, all, all as an underdog. He was an underdog uh, in all of those fights. And, you know, if you look at his losses in the UFC, uh, the majority of them are to, you know, the elite of the elite of the middleweight division. Of course, Adesanya, Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, Jacques Ray in 2018, and, you know, that controversial uh, – uh, decision loss to Anderson Silva. No, so he didn't lose I just that view, night. Man, I just view Brunson as probably the most undervalued guy in in the division, right? So at plus one sixty, 
I will take a shot and, you know, Till should win. I think the UFC wants him to win because, you know, him versus Adesanya, that'd be a fun buildup, right? That'd be a a, a fun fight. But I'll take the underdog. I'll keep him as the, you know, the slam that gate shot again, plus 160. I like that number. That's very interesting. Yeah, and I think Ray Longo earlier suggested he thought it would have been a lot closer on paper, at least in terms of that number. I plan to ask both guys about the octagon size because I do think it stands to reason that the 25-footer could uh, favor Brunson stylistically in the fight as well. All right, before I let you go, NFL season is here. Dallas at Tampa in the opener Thursday, September 9th. So uh, what do you have for us? You got like a Super Bowl future, anything for our audience on the NFL before we let you fly? Yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, my Super Bowl pick. I uh, put a lot of thought into this right the course. Of the I'm going to go so, literally when we get off the air, I'm going to go bet on this. So have at it. So it's the two most complete teams on both sides of the ball that I have meeting in the Super Bowl and the teams I'm talking about. One, no surprise at all, the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I have them losing in the Super Bowl to the Cleveland Browns. The first time ever in my life that I've been high on the Cleveland Browns coming into a season Cleveland Browns 14 to one to win the Super Bowl so you know the case for Tampa is a pretty obvious one right they have every single starter returning I think their path to the Super Bowl will actually be easier this year than it was last year they have a fairly easy schedule you know they don't have Drew Brees to contend with in that division anymore Uh, so I think they're going to be able to secure that number one seed in the NFC and have that easier path to getting to the Super Bowl this time around as for the Browns, I think they're a team that fit the blueprint, right? They got a pretty good taste last year. They got a a bit of a monkey off their back by getting a playoff win versus the Steelers. And we saw them very competitive versus Kansas city. They probably should have won that game. You know, they had a nice break with that Patrick Mahomes getting injured. Um, But you look at the team, they have elite talent, elite playmakers on both sides of the ball. Some of these, these guys are just entering their prime right now. Baker Mayfield is coming off the best season of his career. They might have the best defense in the NFL. They have the best running back duo in the NFL. And I think Kevin Stavansky, I'm really impressed by him as a head coach. You know, this winning attitude that he's instilled in these guys. Our goal this week is to go 1-0. and Then we start again, and we want to go 1-0 and again the next week. So I kind of like that attitude. So, you know, you can obviously make a great case for the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. The AFC is going to be much tougher than uh, the the NFC this year. But I, I think that uh, Cleveland fits that blueprint, so I'll take them. Um, but that week one game, week one, game one, here's a stat for you guys. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are minus seven and a half, taking on uh, Dallas coming to town, as right. we know. Super Bowl winners are 13-5-2 against the spread in their first regular season game of the next season over the last 20 years. That's a covering percentage is 72.2%. So yeah. it's going to be hard to, you know, credit to you if you're going to take Dallas uh, plus seven and a half. But you guys know I like these teasers, right? That was a hot spot for me all of last season. And I think we got a good case for a same game teaser. You take the box down to a minus a point and a half, and you take the under up to 56 and a half. Uh, Dallas was a great under team on the road last year. I think their offense could get off to a slow start in this one. You know, Dak hasn't been very active in training camp or preseason, of course, dealing with those injuries. Could see a run-heavy game plan there. And that Dallas defense, they can only get better. They were an absolute disgrace last year. They got Dan Quinn, who was a bit of a joke, as we know, as head coach of uh, Atlanta. 
but you know, his bread and butter was as a, a defensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks. Right. right? Of course. So, so he might improve them a little bit. So I like that, that teaser. That's an exclusive, by the way, guys. I haven't even done this that is, yet for, for Odd Shark. So I'm very excited. I, this all gets me very excited. Dan Quinn, by the way, one time brought Brian Stan into uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, practice oh, uh, for a couple of days to uh, coach up the boys and uh, work Smart on either. hammer fist and uh, off the line of scrimmage for the wide receivers. Uh, all right. At JTFOZ at Paper Chaser Joe. Great stuff on the NFL. I like where you're going with the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, yeah, that gives me a good way to attack the Thursday night game because I want to have action. And uh, I was thinking Dallas, and now I'm thinking teasing Tampa down, especially with that 72% on the uh, Super Bowl champions game one. All right, my man. Well, good stuff. We'll see if uh, Derek Brunson cashes for you this weekend. And uh, if you want more from the great Joe Osborne, oddshark.com is the place to find it. Thank you, brother. Have a great week one, and we will talk to you, obviously, in advance of UFC 266 uh, later next month. Awesome, guys. We'll be in touch. Good luck to you. Good luck to all the listeners out there. Thank you, brother. There he is. He likes the Dolphins. You know, he's a Dolphins fan. I just think they ride to a pretty hard on the local airwaves down here, Ken Flo. So uh, when do you get to see your children? When do you get to see your kids? Oh, my gosh. Uh, In a few days, a few more days. September 5th, I believe. Almost there. All right. Well, we wish you all the best finishing up with BattleBots. Thanks, my dude. Anikfloreanpodcast.com is live if you want any of our merchandise. The One More Sleep stuff is at millions.co. Don't forget Kemflo's YouTube channel if you want more of the gentle art, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Just think about Kenny and Keith training in their basement on mats taped together in Dover, Massachusetts, like 25 <laughs> years ago. It's hugely inspiring. On a green um, rug in the basement, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, don't forget UFC matinee this Saturday. We are on ESPN. Is it two ESPN plus UFC fight night Brunson versus till early start time. 1 30 PM Eastern for the first prelim. Thanks to our guests, Ray Longo, Ian Parker, Joe Osborne. Our executive producer is Cody Marrow. Ken Flo finish strong out there, buddy. Almost home for Ken Flo. I'm John. And thank you all for listening, for watching. Tell your friends. We'll talk to you in a week. Uh, and in closing, uh, Patty Militich, if you're out there, brother, text me back. Text me back, Daddy. We love our troops. Go later.